A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Shape Moda designs women's trousers to suit everybody's shape to get the perfect fit. Just imagine that as soon as you wear a pair of trousers, they feel like the best piece of clothing ever. Dress for your body shape with Shape Moda and make a huge change in your life now. Go to shapemoda.com and find out which body shape you have. Shape Moda gives you the perfect fit. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. It's that time of month. Uh, no, not that time. The time of the month when we welcome back our book club. I'm Roisin Ingle and today we are discussing Michelle Gallon's Factory Girls. We're big fans of Michelle Gallon on the podcast, especially her first novel, Big Girl, Small Town, which was shortlisted for the Costa First Novel Award and the Comedy Women in Print Prize. Michelle Gallon was born in Tyrone in the 1970s and grew up during the Troubles a few miles from the border. She studied English literature at Trinity College in Dublin. So here it is, our latest book club. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the book club, to Anne Ingle and to Bernice Harrison. And we are one woman down. Neve Tawi couldn't join us this morning, but she did give us her feedback on the novel that we're talking about today. So I'll bring you that later. And that novel is Factory Girls by Michelle Gallen. And as always, I'll begin by reading the wee blurb, as she might say. Smart-mouthed and filthy-minded Maeve Murray has always felt like an outsider in the shitty wee town in Northern Ireland that she calls home. She hopes her exam results will be her ticket to a new life in London, a life where no one knows her business or cares about her dead sister. But first, she's got to survive a tit-for-tat paramilitary campaign as brutal as her relationship with her mam, iron 800 shirts a day to keep her summer job in the local factory and dodge the attentions of handy Andy Strawbridge, her dubious English boss. Maeve and her two best friends try to squeeze as much fun as possible into their last summer at home. But as marching season raises tensions among the Catholic and Protestant workforce, Maeve realises something is going on behind the scenes at the factory, forcing her to make a choice that will impact her life and the lives of others forever. So... Neve Towie, who couldn't be with us this morning, as I said, absolutely loved the book. Um, she was raving about it and she was very sorry she couldn't be here to talk about it. But uh, in the absence of Neve, I'll come to you, Anne Ingle. What did you think of Factory Girls by Michelle Gallen? Well, it's a, a great laugh, uh, Roisin, from start to finish. But with having said that, of course, there's all the... Uh, business of having to iron all those shirts as you mentioned <laughs> the three friends um Aoife and Caroline and Maeve get a little flat or Aoife doesn't she stays at home but they get a little flat facing the factory and um they're all set to go the novel is interesting in as much as uh, each chapter starts with so many days to go to the uh, A-level results you know which is um, interesting and gives a kind of impetus to the whole story. And we're all dying to know how it will end and who will go where. One wants to go to Cambridge, the other wants, wants to go to London. And the, the third one in, it isn't sure what she's going to do. But um, the, the thing is, the thing that worries me about the book is um, 
that I'm wondering if the content might appear too coarse uh, for some people because some of the little anecdotes that are in it are really quite very close to the bone. So I'd just like to put a little kind of a, a warning in there uh, if you're a bit uh, sensitive about various things. Can you give you know, us some examples, Anne Ingle? Oh, dear. Roshin, if I give you the example I have in my mind, you'll probably give out to me. No, I'm OK. Let's promise I won't give out to you on this occasion. Go for it. OK. Well, the one about when... Um, she was talking about this girl who wasn't very well up on things, and she said if if you dropped her into a barrel of, of cocks, she'd come up sucking her thumb. I mean... If you, know, you dropped that, her into a barrel of cocks, she'd come up <laughs> sucking her thumb. Is that it, mother? That's it. That'd be it, Roshi. That'd be the very thing. And well, that kind of set me back a bit. And, of course, there's, it's, the language is really quite coarse. And you, you'd wonder, you know, this girl who's going to be a journalist, uh, the language that she uses, but I suppose she's in her own world and she'll move out of that. And the whole thing about the food I, th- I found very good, you know, the crisp sandwiches, and, and Tato is mentioned a lot. Um, it's not just crisps, it's Tato, like crisps equals Tato. And um, the, the pasta, she was saying that the... That the the pasta had come into the uh, to the kitchens in Northern Ireland, but they thought they'd boil them the same way as they do the potatoes. <laughs> so uh, that that was a uh, really bad. She didn't learn the difference until she did home ec in school, and then had to go and tell her mum that's not what you do. You know, it's al dente and all that kind of stuff. But um, the story of these three girls and their uh, working in the shirt factory is very interesting, as much as. Um, Frank McGuinness wrote a, a, a play, you know, at one stage called The Factory Girls. And it was about the shirt in Bunkrana, the girls uh, in Bunkrana. Um, the book is very much about the Protestant Catholic thing, because in this workplace, there are Protestants and Catholics. And Aoife really hasn't had any, uh, Aoife and Caroline and Maeve really haven't had much interaction with the Protestant community before they go into this factory. So there's a kind of, uh, the the divide is there. And that, that led me to wondering, you know, uh, we've read a few books, um, or I have personally read a few books about Northern Ireland in the Northern Ireland way. And um, what would it be like if a Protestant wrote one of these books? That's what I was thinking, because we always get the Catholic perspective. And, I'm, you know, I, I would be really interested to have a Protestant view of the, of the whole thing. But the, the person who owns the factory, Andy Andy, as he's nicknamed, is a horrible character and uh, the girls dread having to go up the stairs to see him. Well, actually, Maeve has got a bit of a crush on him, so she doesn't mind so much. She gets paid a little bit extra than the other girls, which is um, interesting. I don't think he got his money from her, though, in the end. But um, overall, um, I think, you know, I really was a great fan of that first book, Big Girl, Small Town, that she wrote. I don't think this one is quite as good. Um, because I I really, really loved that other book. Um, there's a little bit of repetition going on, which I think um, detracts from it a bit. But I loved the relationship she had with the mother, you know, uh, in the end and with all her colleagues. And there's an awful lot of uh, vodka and orange going on all through the novel, which is interesting too. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It's a good laugh, but 
if you're sensitive, be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you gave us one example there. Well, thanks for that. I mean, I felt reading it as I do when I watch um, Derry Girls, which is like oh, full yes. of that kind of um, just appreciation for the language, for the crack, for those relationships. And and the Protestant Catholic thing also reminded me of that. It was done very well. It was done in a humorous way. And then it was also it was very serious undercurrents as well, because obviously there's a paramilitary kind of under undertone to it as well. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. I love her writing. I think I agree with you. I probably would have enjoyed um, Big Girl, Small Town slightly more, but I still, I mean, I'd read anything that's, that Michelle Gallen would write. I think she's got a, a real ear for dialogue, a really authentic way of bringing Northern Ireland to life, again, with humour, because we've talked about a few different books on this uh, book club um, from Northern Ireland. Indeed, we had Louise Kennedy last time. Uh, very, very different book, but... It's lovely to see one that's full of laughs and humour and crack as well. So, Bernice, what did you think of Factory Girls? Well, now, before I start, I because I, I'm going to forget to mention this, that this was Book of the Week on BBC Radio 4 last week. And so if you go to the BBC Sounds, uh, download that app and you can hear it there. It's in 15 minute slices. I think there's eight episodes, six, seven, eight episodes. It's terrific. And look, it's, uh, you know, BBC Sounds, they always do a, sort of an edited version, but it, it it's not lost, actually. I, I read it first and then I listened to it on BBC Sounds. So, And I'd imagine, Bernice, uh, just I think it would come along in that audio setting. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because as you said about her, her gift for, you know, the authentic dialogue and it's it's read by a Northern Irish woman. So it's just, it's, you know, if you're out for your walk, you want to listen to something, BBC Sounds Book of the Week. Uh, so listen to it there. Thank you. So what about you, your thoughts on well, the Well, um, for me, I think the fact that I didn't overall enjoy the book is actually down to me, I think, because for two main reasons. One, we came to it on the back of reading Louise Kennedy's book, Trespasses. And that said, Northern Ireland, young woman, you know. So in my mind, I couldn't stop comparing them. And that's wrong. Like you, you literally should never, ever, ever do that. And that is just plain, ordinary, wrong and stupid. And I couldn't stop myself doing it. So that's not good. So that's that's me. OK, so and the second thing, again, I think is on me also, is that the Maeve, main character, Maeve, she is she turned 18 in, in May of the book and the book takes place during the summer of 1994. So because they're as they're wa- they're waiting for their exam results. So um, the three girls, um, I just couldn't believe she was 18. And again, that's probably me. I just there was so many things about her that I felt were older. And once again, that stuck in my head. I had a lot of difficulty sort of going along with her now. All that being said, <laughs> there was so much I loved about the book. I think Anne mentioned the, the the Catholic and Protestant, the conflicts there. And that was that was very interesting. But I suppose, you know, I heard that before. What I thought was really interesting to me was of the three girls, two of the girls are solid working class girls from actually really poor backgrounds. You know, uh, Maeve, the main character, talks about just getting the toilet in recently in the council house. You know, like serious deprivation in Northern Ireland, in the Catholic community in Northern Ireland. In the, and so two of the girls are from that background. And then Aoife isn't. She's posh. She is, she's a wealthy Catholic. <laughs> and the, the tensions there, and the tensions there were many in that, you know, so for example, and I thought this was really, this was so, so deftly done by Michelle Gallant in that. So 
her her brother Aoife's brother James, who's off and studying, and he's he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, he takes a fancy to Maeve, but Aoife doesn't like that, and I think Aoife doesn't like that not just because she doesn't want her brother fancying her friend. I think it's a class thing. So I think there was loads of little, little, and that that was just dropped really subtly, quickly. You didn't even, you know, you had to, oh, okay. So there was loads of little things like that that I thought, oh, that was so cleverly done. Um, what, and I suppose I wanted more of those sort of details and character analysis, if you like, um, than I was given. So largely because I think there was too much in the book, if you like. So there wasn't enough room to explore the relationship between the three girls. One of the girls, Caroline, she kind of got lost. I, I didn't really feel I knew her. And I felt if there'd been a bit more space to explore those three relationships, that would have been terrific because the main relationship is between Aoife and Maeve. But I really wanted to know a bit more about Caroline, actually, because that was, that's a different sort of insight. So I thought that would have been really terrific. Um, uh, and Andy, the, 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 shirt, the, the boss of the, the shirt factory, I didn't really understand where, what he was like. I didn't understand why Maeve would have fancied him. She fancied him immediately. I didn't really understand that. You know, so I felt that just because... There were so many other plot strands in this book that if if maybe a couple had been left out, uh, including the dead sister, actually, I, I'm not sure that added to it for me. Um, if, if if so, big some big to explore the others because they were there. Um, they left me wanting to know more, but I I I just didn't get that. Um, but as I say. The reason why I've a sort of a lukewarm response to this, I do feel it's slightly on me because um, because of the comparison. And that's not good. Um, however, of course, you know, it, it, as soon as I put this down, I immediately picked up Susanna Dickey's uh, Common Decency because there are so much fantastic fiction coming out of Northern Ireland. Fantastic. And by young women. Um, so, you know, you, you just want to read it all. And I suppose in that light, I'd say, yeah, definitely read Factory Girls. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I definitely read it. But just just maybe it just I, I felt it, it could have been so much better than it was. I, I had a bit of trouble with Aoife being um, going to the same comprehensive school as those other two girls. That bothered me a bit because unless the parents have been, you know, this liberal kind of all let's all mix in with. They didn't seem quite true. Um, to me, that I, I felt that was a little bit hard to to take on board because Eva, as you say, Eva and Caroline so working class. You know, Caroline can't go and leave the place because Nana Jackson's birthday. You know, this kind of stuff, very very basic and uh, down to earth. Whereas Eva was living in a different world and there was wine on the table and Mummy was an artist and all that kind of thing. Just for that didn't quite fit right with me. But as for the, uh, you were saying about BBC Sounds, I listen, as you as you know, to the books because I can't see. I mean, uh, so this girl, Amy Malloy, who, who read it on Audible, was absolutely wonderful. Much better than your version, Roshi, because she was a real nerd. Oh, that's girl. really mean. Um, that's not very nice of you, to be honest. It's terrible. You're a wee bitch, so you are. But Amy, Amy does it so well. and us get her, yeah. 
You think uh, you were listening to Derry Girls with her because she had the accents and everything was so wonderful, even the, the British ones as well. So, I, I mean, fair play to Amy Malai. She did well for Michelle in that reading of that Audible book. That's brilliant. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sounding more like Ian Paisley there. I do I do apologise to Michelle Gallon, to Amy Malloy, to everybody listening. I'm sorry about that. I sometimes get it right, but not on that occasion. This podcast is brought to you by ShapeModa.com. Log on today to find your perfect fit. There's a, a little bit I just wanted to read, uh, which is with Andy, actually. I mean, I disagree with you, um, Bernice. I think uh, Maeve was this sort of, in terms of her age, I feel like she's mm. one of these characters, like, trying to appear. She's She's been through so much. She's been through the mill. She's got this bulginess and this sort of defensiveness going on all the time. And that kind of, but underneath there's a vulnerable kind of young core, but she has to project this other thing. So I kind of liked that about her. And and actually, I, I did like the way she fancied Andy, Handy Andy, even though he was an appalling character. But she's in with him here. And he also serves to kind of show up those differences that you alluded to with the, the class thing. But this is the English thing as well. Like he's just a different being than, than any of the ones she's encountered. And he kind of represents what she's going to be facing into when she goes off to England Um to be a student but uh, she, so here's a scene where um, she's in Andy's office um, Maeve dead-eyed him while picturing freak shows and circus horses Lucinda supports enterprises that are committed to building sustainable companies in communities such as this the way Andy said communities such as this gave Maeve the dirty disappointed feeling she got when reading books like The Railway Children other communities were nicer than hers. Other communities shot each other less and didn't blow themselves up quite as much. Other communities had less wrist slitting, kiddie fiddling, wife beating, binge drinking and dog shit. So it's our job to prove to your investors that this factory isn't some dodgy business set up to suck as much money as possible out of them before it goes tits up. And he placed a hand on his notebook and spread his fingers wide before answering... You have a gift for translating the Queen's English into your Northern Irish vernacular. Maeve nodded, thinking, fucking right, I do. Um, but, you know, there's, there's kind of lovely observational stuff like that, I think, that really shows up what well, a really intelligent young person like Maeve, because I think Maeve is kind of gifted, I would say, almost. I think her the way she observes life, the way she sees things, I think she's yeah. a really intelligent person and, and is so perceptive. She's noticing all the different kind of uh, things that are going on. And there's a love that that sort of slight romance between her and, and the posh, you know, Catholic boy is also kind of well done. And I, I think you're right about the class stuff. There is a lot in it. And maybe what you're saying, Bernice, is there is, could have had a little bit more of an edit going on. Yeah, I mean, I think there was some set piece scenes that were fantastic. And there was one particularly that actually encapsulated a lot of the writer's strengths, really. And also how by the time we reach it, how we've come to understand the characters and the environment. And that is where Andy, he decides to uh, treat the factory workers and he he, so they're all, way. he's going to put money behind the bar, free drink, fabulous. And then he announces where the pub is and it's upstairs in a bar, but it's a Catholic bar. And the Protestant workforce, so there's a bit of to do and about whether they're going to go or not. And then the free drink kind of pushes them all to go. And that scene, I thought that was like a superb short story, actually. That whole party scene in that bar, because the tensions between the Protestant and Catholic workers were sh- shocking but so calmly and quietly written um 
and that but you're you're horrified. Um, and also then the underlying threat of paramilitary action is also just on a night out. They're only on a night out. But yet they're thinking, well, you know, this this could this is the sort of place that that if a fella came in and shot, well, he'd get loads of us, you know. So you think, God, th- these are young girls and they have to think of this. Um, and then it also in a, sh- a scene I, I won't describe because it'll, it'll it'll be a spoiler, I suppose, an element of that party is where the Protestants group the women she she thinks she's making a breakthrough with them actually because she's swaggering as you as you said Rose. she's very confident she's very swaggery she thinks ah oh, yeah you know she's making a breakthrough her friends meanwhile the two girls they're kind of cautioning her against andy so that's going on in one corner of the room but you know she she feels she's making a breakthrough with one of the protestant women she sits down and and anyway they set her up in a really mm, a really nasty kind of way but um but that's a, it's it's quite a short scene. It's quite a, in the party, but it shows such a strength of writing. It's so vivid. Um, so many themes are covered. It's so economical in the writing, in the style. It's terrific. I, I agree with you. I think I think that is her strength. I think about it's the social dynamics and you really get that sense. And that's why I bring back Dairy Girls as well. The very thing that Lisa McGee does is like we're very aware of how things work and the way things are set up. And it's done in subtle ways and it's done in entertaining ways as well. About the dead sister, which again, in terms of spoilers, we won't go into too much. I also did appreciate that that subplot because I feel like it, it kind of represented what a lot of people in Northern Ireland, the stories they have, the tragedies they have to live around and live with and bear as they go through all this other stuff. And it was also, it felt very um, meaningful in terms of the reason why Maeve wanted out and wanted to create this whole new world as well to sort of escape uh, and maybe to just claim what her sister had never been able to have. So there was was a lot of poignancy there for me. I mean, as I said, I really did enjoy it. Neve enjoyed it. Um, I think, Mum, you enjoyed it too. And Bernice, you, you enjoyed it with qualifications. And I, I have to agree with you, coming on the back of Trespasses by Louise Kennedy, which is a very different book, it has to be said. Very, very different. And maybe we made a mistake going from Northern Irish book to another Northern Irish book, which we will yeah. take on board. The, the difference between um, the, the first book that she wrote, The Big Girl, Small Town, was the uh, the main character in that one wanted to stay where she was. With these uh, girls, they wanted, couldn't wait to get away from it all, you know, no, no matter what, even if we're going to have to live with the Brits for the rest of their lives, away from it, they couldn't wait to get. And the the whole way she paints what life was like in Northern Ireland at that time, would you blame her? And and I have faith that to, maybe it's going to make a great career in journalism <laughs> over over the water. I felt very much for her. So I, I love the book and I'm just looking forward to the next one. And I'm sure Michelle has something up her sleeve. Oh, I hope so. And I have to say the last chapter, I think, is called The Flight of the Girls, which I just, it's only, it's a tiny little small pun, it's, but it's so clever. And it's the kind of little thing she sprinkles uh, throughout her writing. But actually, Bernice, a good point about Common Decency. I read um, Susanna Dickey's Tennis Lessons, which I absolutely loved. Her new one is Common Decency and you'd recommend that to our listeners, would you? Oh, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. It's it's a terrific book. It's, it's just... It's such a powerful novel, actually. And it's a fascinating exploration of young women and grief. Um... Northern the the sort of Northern Ireland is thrumming in the background the trouble that's thrum in but that's kind of it's 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 all about grief 
and loss and it's terrific actually okay. brilliant well um maybe in a few book clubs we might we might get on to that but I we'll leave we'll done, leave. i think we've done northern ireland <laughs> no we can <laughs> never be done with northern ireland i mean i think the point has to be made and the reason we've returned so much is because there is as bernice said so yeah. much going on i mean You're you right. think of anna burns you think of Susanna dickey you think of louise kennedy of michelle gallon and we could name we could keep naming people you know mm-hmm. for a long time because mm-hmm. it's an incredible it seems like enough time has elapsed for people to write stories that aren't, and they, like you said, Bernice, the trouble's thrumming away in the background sometimes and not the centre stage, but still uh, just beautiful writing coming from there. And I just love to see it. It's fantastic. So thank you both very much. We'll have Neve back the next time and we'll let our listeners know what our next book is. But in the meantime, Anne Ingle, Bernice Harrison, thank you very much. The book was Factory Girls by Michelle Gallon and it comes recommended by us. Thank you, Roisin. Bye. Thanks, Roisin. That's it from me for now. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Thanks very much to Bernice Harrison and Anne Ingle. And we will be letting you know on social at IT Women's Podcast what our next book is. So do keep an eye out there. And you can also email us on the women's podcast, irishtimes.com. Mind yourselves and I'll talk to you next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 